Hey everyone, welcome back to our podcast edition. This is Claire. And this is Cece. And this is the headline news edition for February 14th, 2021. Our first story is basically the trilogy of the past two headline news, if you will. The coup that we talked about last week in Myanmar is facing backlash mainly by the people. So there have been anti-coup protesting starting all over uh, Myanmar. Many Burmese citizens have been protesting them very fervently due to the arrest of many prominent democratic leaders, like we talked about last week, such as Aung San Suu Kyi, the, um, the president Win Myan, all by the military chief Min Aung Hyang. Sorry if I butchered those names, guys. <laughs> The protests have actually enjoyed mass support from many citizens, like I said, and seem to be supported by international organizations as well. We talked about last week how the UN have expressed concern over this coup, and the US has actually started imposing sanctions on Myanmar. The protesters have also boycotted many goods and companies associated with the military. Local business owners have trashed many cases of cigarettes produced by the Virginia Tobacco Company, which is partly owned by the Myanmar Economic Holdings, which is a military uh, corporation. Justice for Myanmar, an organization, had many of its activists pressure Lim Kaling, a Singaporean investor in the previous company we talked about, to divest his money, and he has agreed. Kirin, a Japanese brewing company, has withdrawn from a project with a military-owned beer company as well. These protests have actually also gone beyond just goods. It has resulted in strikes by many civil workers of many military businesses. In the northern region, a copper mine owned by the military and a Chinese company has stopped operating since more than 2,000 workers have gone on strikes. So they literally cannot operate. Mytel, a telecoms operator, also partly owned by the military, have seen hundreds of engineers and others stop work as well. The military chief that we mentioned before, Min Aung Hyang, has requested, quote, (laughs) for the workers to return to work blaming, and I quote again, unscrupulous people for the disruption of society. Thinsar Shanle Yi, one of the activists, claimed that that's actually their goal. By stopping all parts of the military government from working, they can disable, quote, the military's ability to rule. Trains have stopped, hospitals have closed, and many government agencies have been wavering due to the lack of workers, of people going to work. Civil servants such as Tan To Ong, the Deputy Permanent Secretary of the Ministry of Construction, joined in on the protest. He posted on Facebook urging other colleagues to join him as well, and they have. Workers from the investment, transport, energy, and social welfare agencies are pledging to not go to work until Aung San Suu Kyi's party is back in power. The Myanmar ambassador to the U.S., Mong Wong Lat, has publicly sought asylum in the U.S. to protest. This Thursday, people from the Myanmar Economic Bank, which deals with paying government workers, also participated in the strikes. The protests have surprisingly even caused defection from the police. A lieutenant, Kun Ankoko, broke off and joined the protest himself. 49 officers from the Eastern Kaya State even marched with a banner denouncing a military dictatorship. There's 
even footage showing three riot officers leaving their line to help protesters from water cannons. On that note, the military's response has been very, very brutal. As I mentioned, there were water cannons, shootings, beatings, and whatever more you can expect from a military dictatorship. So this has definitely been another development from last week's story, hasn't it, Claire? Oh yeah, for sure. When your own military- no, sorry, not military. When your own government workers turn on you, you know something is wrong. Yeah, and let's just say that the the conditions of working in the military, if it's a dictatorship, it's not very nice, you know? The military can be a brutal place. I'm sure this is not like the- only reason why these officers are leaving just for the sake of democracy but it's not like working under the military is a very ideal situation for them the Myanmar military has been like I said known to be very like cruel like oh listen to the top ranking officers and like no matter what right Mm -hmm. kind of situation yeah I mean also they're unrightfully there as well So, of course, that's also why people are protesting, I can believe. Yes, that as well. I mean, this is like, I think for many people, how do I say this? I think protesting, these things have always, for me, seemed like such a faraway thing for, I mean, as Americans, one, in the past, right? Mm -hmm. With the civil rights protests. And two, in other countries that hasn't reached America and you kind of think like what makes them so desperate to put themselves in danger I know and plus you're facing military backlash too they're Mm -hmm. obviously trying to stop this yeah in extremely violent ways as well Mm -hmm. and yet people are still here launching themselves like oh yeah we just want to support the other party instead of the military because y'all kind of suck so i mean you can tell that they're very passionate about this subject of course (laughs) otherwise why else would they be doing this yeah and the i have two things to say i'll say the first one first is that i think the fact that the words of the military chief are so different than the actions right he was like oh i request these workers and he doesn't blame the workers. He says he blames the people who yeah. incited, right? Who f- kind of incited the whole thing. And it's like, that was request, so, I thought that really, was so you funny. Request, like you requested and- <laughs> I request workers to come back and, you yeah. know, resume their shift. Like, workers to, yeah. I feel like that, and it was actually in a Facebook post, right? I mean, well, right now, it's like it's like if the Trump tweeted oh, through Twitter, right? They yeah, apparently okay, use Facebook a lot, right? And... I mean, I'm sure because, like, I think if he said something, like, you can't threaten, right? Don't want to make the situation more dire than it already is. Yeah. If you threaten, like, you're kind of also going to get in trouble with the, like, the international organizations. Like, the U.S., the U.N. and whatever, right? Because you can, like, as, like, a leader, you can just say, oh, those are, like, that's not what I told them to do, right? Here, I just asked them to come back. On this Facebook post, you guys can all see, I'm not, like, I'm just telling these, like, my police to uh, make sure they don't ruin anything, right? Or that, and, like, as long as you say that, you can, like, understate a lot and you won't get in as much trouble. Because you're not technically telling them to use water cannons. 
Yes, you could just say like back was like that's not what I told no, them. I just told them. What are you talking them, about? You know, keep the peace. And <laughs> what? What? I never yeah. said that. And another thing I will say is this is one of the smartest protests I've ever heard of. Oh yeah, the most well like planned. the smartest and most effective. Compared, so what happened? You know how I mentioned like in the past with uh, when they finally had the democracy in like. They asked for elections in like mm-hmm. two thousand, the early two thousand tens, right? The protests back then were kind of, how do I say it, not as effective. Like it was chaotic and, well, I mean, this one definitely is sure is chaotic, right? It's causing a lot of chaos, but it's well planned and methodical, right? And you could say that to it's due to social media, right? Everybody can unite easily and be like, text on Facebook or like share on Facebook. Hey, meet here or like strike here. I'm with you, right? Before it was very hard, mm-hmm. right? Because you couldn't really reach out to the people in person. And they're actually boycotting goods, which is like, I think a lot of protests these days kind of overlook boycotting goods. I mean, I feel like some people right? do. Because if... But it's... Like sprinkles. Yeah, here yeah, and yeah. There. But not it's not on this it. scale. Yeah, exactly. But now, like, the fact. Also, another thing. It just like raises like how massive all the military conglomerate. Oh, is, that is true. Right. And if you're pre- like, you know what they say. Like, money is power. I mean, obviously, look at what's happening. If the military, if the military can't make money, how do they hold power? It's. I mean, they still can, but it's difficult, right? How do they get money to pay for? the water cannons Mm -hmm. the shields Mm -hmm. the riot gear Mm -hmm. right it's almost impossible unless they like take out loans but who will loan them that right if they don't no longer have any business collateral Mm -hmm. and the other thing that i will say is that i think one of the reasons many people are pushing this so far Mm -hmm. right is to because they want it to really be effective so if they go back as you can, as we talked about, right, even when the uh, uh, Aung San Suu Kyi's party was in power, it was like a fragile balance. Mm-hmm. And that's because there's a constitution that was made by the military. Of course. So they're ask, many of the protesters right now are asking for, like, to get rid of the constitution because it was written in 2008 by the military. And if they just go back to, even if... Aung San Suu Kyi's party goes back in power, they're still limited by the... By the military. Military. The military constitution. Yeah. For many of these trade unions, it's like they had no power under the military, and it was still very hard for them to have power under the democratic leadership. Uh I quote democratic. (laughs) (laughs) So for them, like what we said, it's so desperate because you don't want to go to the the dark days, basically. Like, you barely just got out, and you, like, cannot face it going Mm -hmm. back. And surprisingly, a lot of these organizations, like the trade unions, which are new, right? Our American unions have been here for a hundred years or more. Mm -hmm. But these unions have only just started. So the fact that they're so effective... That's surprising. That's I mean, yes, it is a small country at the same time, is impressive, I would say, for its age and its Mm -hmm. level. Because even then, like, thinking back to... Remember when we learned in U.S. history? The, like, strikes. Oh, yeah, When the striking started and all the, like, the stuff with the Mm -hmm. unions and the monopolies. Even then, like... They didn't do so I feel like they... 
it was effective like at some point right you did have like the growth of unions but at the same time it was like it took years i feel like nothing compared to this level and this quickly either yeah but i mean is it okay when i was i don't know about you but when i was learning this in history i literally cannot fathom this happening right now in america like i don't think it's actually capable like Americans are capable of banding together and doing Absolutely it from not. all sorts are of levels. Are you kidding me? Absolutely like, not. Yeah, because like yes, you've divided heard, for this. No, mm-hmm. you're good. Because like yes, we've heard of teachers' unions going on strike, some workers going on strike, but you can't, and like also the Black Lives Matters protests, right? But I literally cannot imagine Americans doing this on a widespread scale, boycotting goods on all different levels. Literally, government workers. I don't think we have enough self-control for that. Yeah. And just every like for everybody. Yeah. Not just certain groups. I think people are just not like I don't know, right? Cuz definitely people are suffering in America, right? Mhm. Maybe I feel like some people just don't care enough to actually, you know, start yeah. banding together with other people. And plus a lot of people's views don't match with each other either, right? Mm-hmm. Which is like, kind of tragic, to be honest. Yeah. Which is, I mean, like, that's why... I'm sure in Myanmar, not everyone's views match together, but I think someone we know has mentioned before that, like, you kind of need something create like so big to unite everyone. And, you know, people thought it... And, like, okay, we were like, what is it? A war, right? But And people mm-hmm. thought it was the coronavirus. But, you know, clearly <laughs> not. No obviously not what are you no you you thought yeah so for our second story of today the cdc just released their latest guidance for reopening schools although there has been much pressure to reopen schools the cdc is not mandating schools to open up again says cdc director dr rochelle walensky one of its warnings is that schools should not be swayed by low community transmission rate If guidelines are not followed, such as mask wearing and social distancing, it would just be false safety, basically. Reopening of schools has kind of been a tense issue so far. Biden has promised to reopen more schools within his 100-day mark, but Republicans have accused him of just giving in to teachers' unions. And teachers, in general, are fighting parents who really want schools to reopen. As for the guidelines, CDC have included color coding to divide four reopening options. Blue for low, which is around 0 to 9 cases per 100,000 in the past 7 days, to red, which is more than 100 new cases per 100,000 as well. In the latter, the CDC suggests considering limited elementary school openings and strongly recommends all virtual middle and high schools. Another issue that has stained opening is the affordability of mitigation strategies. Not all schools actually have enough space for six feet, but the CDC states that if they can make three to four feet work, then they must show additional mitigation techniques to make up for it. However, if the transmission is the higher zone, then the six feet is mandatory. The guidelines also incorporated some current CDC statements. For example, the CDC stated that, quote, schools should be the last places closed and the first places open, end quote. Little evidence shows that the reopening of schools has actually significantly increased COVID-19 spread. Actually, more students outside of school have had more cases than in school. But at the same time, the CDC notes that mask wearing is quite inconsistent in older students. 
As for athletics, the CDC actually asks schools to think longer about starting athletics, especially indoor ones. With the news of the vaccination, CDC advises against considering the availability of vaccination as a, quote, condition, end quote, for opening up schools. That's a lot of information. Yes, that is definitely a lot of information. I don't know how to take it. I mean, at least we know that they've kind of thought this through. But I mean, reopening is such like, a tentative issue, too, because, you know, our school's been trying to get things reopened, right? But there's a lot of waiting and deciding still that we need to do, because obviously our condition has not been so great still, even though the vaccination has been up and going. And I think cases have actually been declining. Is that right? Cases, yes. In some places. In some places, not all, obviously, because, you know, can't have that yet. Yeah. But yeah, at least we're seeing some improvement in the condition. However, it is still quite dire, I'd say. So things are still very tentative. Yeah. But I mean, at least they have, like, a guideline in place for schools to follow. So there's much less confusion, I'd say. Yeah. I think... I just hope schools will follow it do you think people will start to open up schools like even with this guideline i mean schools already have been opening up right yeah do you because the funny thing is like it depends right because some you remember in the beginning of the school year where like a story came out where there was a school in i think we talked about it right there was a school in texas somewhere that reopened Mm -hmm. right and almost no one was wearing masks. Oh, yeah, I remember. Oh, that was nasty. Yeah, and I don't really know what's going on, mm-hmm. right? Because, like, like I said, like, what you said, right? The mask wearing, especially in older students. And that, that was, was high kind of sad. Right? That's, not like, consistent. so disappointing. Like, we... Honestly. But at the same time, Claire, do you really think that people our age would, like, continuously wear masks obviously from the pattern that we see right now probably not and that's so annoying i think like part of it is because of the common misconception like oh younger people can't contract covid right i mean they still can you just sometimes it's asymptomatic so you don't have symptoms and you even don't even know that you have it and even then, right, isn't the fact that we are asymptomatic and we can't tell and we keep doing this then, like, not good? Exactly, and then we keep doing it and there's, like, a, such a big pattern that we see. Like, I Honestly. don't, I actually have more faith in elementary school students because they stay in one classroom, right? Honestly. So the teachers see them all the oh time, right? And it's not like... yeah. It usually, if you tell them to do something, they'll do it and say, like, maybe just one or two people won't, right? But that's, like, Generally, rare, Generally, right? they will. And you can f- yeah. kind of force them to wear it. Like, haha, here's some candy. Or, like, haha, I'll call home if you don't do it. Yeah, but you shouldn't bring candy. <laughs> Give yeah, them candy. Yeah, it's COVID. Because it's COVID. COVID. Yeah. Also, yeah. there's, like, a lot less so, students in elementary schools, so they have it a lot safer, maybe. Plus, they're, that like, too. yeah, and they're, like, willing to wear masks, I guess. They're much better at following rules. Yeah. I mean, I think at this point, the CDC is kind of playing a thin line between 
um, like, I don't know. I think politics plays plays a big role in public health, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. So there's definitely some sort of... I mean, like, for example, during the Trump administration, the CDC was definitely downplaying the coronavirus outbreak. Mm -hmm. But now you can see, like, the CDC definitely asking others to take it much more seriously. Yes. And, like, because now, before, they hadn't even, mm -hmm. like, implemented any guidelines, but now they are. And very soon after the Biden administration kicked in, too. Yeah. So I guess, you know, we have some, um, I don't know. Political play, which honestly should not be happening in the first place. Like, come on, it's public health. Yeah. I don't even know what to think. Like, would you... I honestly would not go back to school. And also the fact that, like, I think a lot of them are forgetting what... A lot of these reports seem to be forgetting, like, how schools open, right? Because... Many schools, even if they open up, right, what does that opening look like? Are teachers going to be actually teaching during class? Oh, right, yeah, because for our school, it's so stupid. It's just kids going back. Yeah. Like, actually, that one's, like, you're still staring at your screen. I literally do not understand that. Just Okay, so how the way that our school wants to open up is just have kids sit in socially distanced classrooms on their laptops attending class on zoom still like i don't see any point in that happening you're already sitting on zoom at home i mean maybe it's beneficial for kids who have like unstable internet connections and things like that or like who don't have access to much technology at home which would be helpful for them but for other kids um i just see no difference or point in going back to school they better not be forcing us to go back i swear to god because I, I will not be. I don't think they will. I, I Yeah, most schools, I doubt, are going to be forcing kids to go back. Okay, good. Per se. Okay. But I do think that many... I think... Hmm, how do I say? I think, like, that's... I just think that's what they're forgetting. That, like, school... Reopening school looks so different. Like, what is it... And I know that leaves a lot of discretion for the schools, and it should, right? But at the same time, I think it's all... Just many gray areas, I think. Yeah. I think that's a good way to say Mm -hmm. it. Last but not least, we have a much shorter story, and I guess a less, hopefully less less serious story. The SAG, the biggest Hollywood union, has expanded for influencers. The Screen Actors Guild American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, <laughs> that's a long name, recently agreed on expanding options to these social media content creators. According to their definition, content creators, creators, influencers, all three words are interchangeable. Currently, the SAG has 160,000 members working in film, TV, and radio. Unfortunately, and fortunately for some people, I guess, these industries are dying and drying up, especially with the coronavirus. We, people have trouble, you know, filming TV shows. The movies have been postponed because no one sees them in theaters. And, well, radio has someone been overshadowed by podcasts. 
but influencers whose work can easily be done remotely have actually thrived. Gabriel Carteris, the union president, sent an email saying they want to support these performers in a way that reflect the unique nature of the content. In traditional Hollywood culture, the quote, SAG card is seen as the coveted marker of making it big, right? Many of these members get access to more work opportunities and they can receive health and pension plans. Now with the change, it covers people who make sponsored content for brands, basically influencers, signaling the recognition that influencers are playing a bigger and pricier part in entertainment. Interesting. So, yes, so stars like if you can call them stars, I guess. Um, like Charlie D'Amelio? The Charlie D'Amelio, Addison Ray, um, who else? That's James a, Charles, To be I guess. honest, that's a little bit painful, but it's okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to get into that, but yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, they, you know, they are working in the entertainment industry. That so is So I guess true. under the definition, they do fall low the traditional um traditional definition Mm -hmm, for real i'm actually quite impressed with how much following they've gained considering really how they do their work yes (laughs) i think it's kind of impressive i'm actually not i mean yes oh yeah yeah it's impressive it's not surprising surprising. i think i think it's expected of like you know like people are more into social media tiktok is like not only huge here, but huge throughout the yeah. world. And it's, you know, faster than Instagram. Mm-hmm. Oh, and definitely much more popular now. And the now. fact that it blows up. Yeah. Especially with, for some reason with, like, older de- generation, right? Because Instagram barely came up I on know. the news. Like, I mean, how do I say this? When Instagram made it big, even then the mainstream media didn't pick up on it. And now... and. At that time, when Instagram made it big, a lot of old people had yet to be on places like Facebook, mm-hmm. right? And you could say Instagram. But now, like, m- my dad has downloaded TikTok solely for the reason, well, one reason, Trump, because <laughs> in a way, like, Trump made it a big deal, right? Oh, he made it oh, the oh, whole oh. thing known to mainstream okay. media. So my dad's, like, wondering, like, what even is uh-huh. TikTok, right? He never asked that about Instagram or Snapchat, Oh yeah, you're right. Like the fact that has played a because it's polit has played a political part, right? It has easily gravitated into mainstream so much media publicity. and now like almost every single like like people my dad's generation generation. Yeah, I think someone in my family but, might yeah. have downloaded TikTok. I'm actually not that sure. Cuz for us when someone downloads a really? new app, I think almost all of our devices gets it. Which is super weird, but whatever. But yeah, I saw TikTok Wait, pop so up. Your immediate family? Yeah, my immediate family. Yeah, and then I saw like TikTok pop up my phone. I swear I did not download it. And then I was like, "Oh, did someone download like, TikTok?" What is this? I feel like it might have been my dad. Possibly. But I don't know. I mean, because like you know, you're curious. Yeah, that is true. Like, right? oh, like what is this app? What does it do? What can it bring me? Stuff like that. Plus also the whole um, boycott, yeah. or not boycott, sorry, the ban thing. Like, oh, like, why is it worth banning or whatever? Before we leave you guys, we have our Sunday snippet into the past for today. So on February 14th, 1920, 
the League of Women Voters is formed in Chicago in celebration of the imminent ratification of the 19th Amendment, which gives women the right to vote. Yay, go suffrage. Yay. Well, actually, the funny thing is I heard, like, women of color did not always get the same time. Oh, that is true. Well, that's all we have for you guys today. Thank you so much for listening. And have a good Sunday.